You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. On Monday evening, our very own Brandilee Gowan stopped by the Good Guy Drinks Whiskey podcast to do a beginner's whiskey tasting and, of course, talk birds. You can click the link in the podcast description below to check out the actual YouTube video, or you can head over to our Instagram at Bleeding Green Insta and watch the actual IG live that is right now, currently, on Tuesday, June 7th, available in our story. So, take a listen. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, Tim? It's going well. It's going well. Thank you uh, for taking the time to join me here tonight. I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, sharing some whiskey with you and uh, maybe talk a little football. <laughs> Likewise, it's uh, it's overdue. Yeah, uh, you Absolutely. had RJ on here. Did Stats come on here at one point too? I feel like uh, so I that. I did a whiskey tasting with RJ and Stats off uh, Instagram Live. We did it behind the scenes, um, and then I had RJ come back. So what is this? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. But to, to, uh, in his defense, I haven't invited him back on for Instagram Live, but his invitation will be coming, so he won't feel left out uh, should he want to join here. Nice. Yes. Um, so, uh, like, first, before we, we jump into, uh, you know, the whiskey and the, the conversation, let's uh, first hear uh, a little bit about you and your background. Um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned you're part of uh, SB Nation, or uh, uh, SB Nation NFL and Bleeding Green Nation. Um, so how did you get into that? And what's your kind of your background with uh, football and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, BGN here at the start. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. So basically, uh, growing up, um, this is, let's say, let's put this back in. Uh, like I graduated 2010 high school. Okay. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Went to the College of New Jersey for a semester, not even a full, like a month, basically. Withdrew because I wasn't like really feeling it there. So I'm kind of just stuck in like not knowing what I want to do. At the same time, I had come across BGN, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, at the end of my high school tenure. And, you know, was just a member of the site. Didn't even really comment for like a full year, kind of just laid in the weeds. I know a lot of people still do that with BGN. They kind of just like read yeah. the site, but don't really hop into the comments Finally dove in, just getting involved there, getting more involved talking about the Eagles on Twitter. And really, it just culminated into me wanting to write for the site. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was – it was hard to get the, right, the main guy's attention because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who want to write about the Eagles, as you can imagine. So uh, I actually started by hopping on, thanks to Michael uh, Levin, at Liberty Ballers with the Sixers and was writing about them and kind of used that as a way to get my foot in the door at SB Nation and then move over to Bleeding Green Nation eventually and yeah. be a writer there. And I was just fortunate enough to kind of be on staff when the main guy, Jason Brewer at the time, stepped down and I was kind of the logical replacement there. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And how long have you been with them? How long have you been doing the uh, podcasts for? Yeah, so it's funny, like, we started BGN Radio back in October 2013, like, not even at the beginning of the season, like, and it's crazy because there really weren't Eagles podcasts around back then. There was one called Eagles Fancast, they're kind of like, I recognize them as the OGs of Eagles podcasting, but they didn't even do theirs, like, I think they did theirs a little bit in the season, but they wouldn't even yeah. do, like, off-season stuff, so... Um, we were the first ones to really kind of do it as often as we did. And now there's like a billion Eagles podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since 2013. No, then that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a, a big Eagles fan. You know, I'll, you, you see my, uh, my DMs from the past of uh, breaking down all these random <laughs> and whatnot. You're probably like, who is this random whiskey guy? Uh, he goes deep, listeners. He goes deep into it. I, you know, so my background is uh, I'm an actuary by, by my day job. So, you know, I look at data all the time. So what I call a coffee break uh, analysis, I'll, I'll put my insurance uh, data aside and I'll just pull up some 
uh, football reference stats, and I'll be like, huh, you know, does this actually make sense? And I'll, I'll crunch to some, some numbers with it, and I'll just send you a quick message, or a fairly extensive message, we'll say, and you're probably like, oh, this, I don't trust this guy. What is he doing here? Like, let's not, uh, let's not get into these numbers. I like it, man. Like, people, people say sometimes, like, oh, you must be tired of talking about this. Like, I mean, not really. Like, I'm, if someone wants to talk to me about it, let's talk about it. Like, I, yeah. I do this because I like it. You know, like, let's, let's, let's chop it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's what everybody should aspire to in their career is to find a job that you're so passionate for that you're willing to just talk about it. And then, you know, at any time, whether you're on the job or not. So that's, that's really cool. Um, do you see yourself, do you see yourself doing this? Like, is this your, like your ultimate goal? You want to stay here? <laughs> not to make this into an interview question, but like, what's, what would you, what's your ideal job in the NFL? No, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice gig, so I wouldn't mind uh, holding on to it for a bit. You know, I think it's kind of – the media world is interesting because it's not really about, like, doing one thing. Like, in a per I mean, like, there's just so much going on. You know, like, to we mentioned RJ here. Like, obviously, you know, he thinks of himself as a blogger, as a podcaster, but, you know, he's, like, getting into TikTok now. So, like, that's, yeah. you know, there's a whole new frontier with that and YouTube stuff and Twitch and everything. So, I think, you know, part of it's always expanding the horizons. I know I would like to get more into radio, but not, like, I don't want to be, like, Angelo Capaldi. I don't want it to be, like, my main thing. Yeah. But I would like to kind of, like, be – just do more radio stuff and kind of have that as a side thing. Not yeah. to compare myself to the great rate <laughs> by any means because I can't yeah. hold a candle to that guy. But yeah. Um, like, you know, like he kind of did everything, TV, writing, like I, I'd kind of like to expand into some other things too, in addition to what I'm doing. First, what is your whiskey experience? How do you drink it a lot? Is this something you kind of go to? Like, what's your background in it? I'm a novice here, Tim. Uh, I will say one time, a couple years ago, I think it was, um, Royal Crown emailed me. Uh, I think in part because we had done some like promos for them with Chris Long and Brian Westbrook. Yeah. Um, they reached out and were like, Hey, what do you, you know, would you like a bottle? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Um, so they sent me one and uh, you know, it was really good. Uh, and I mean, I don't know a ton about it. The only yeah. one thing I did learn um, is someone taught me there's a difference between whiskey without the K or sorry, without the E and one with the E so that's the – and I, I, like one of them is from – I guess the one's Canadian and one isn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, spelling uh, differences. The United States, uh, whiskey is spelled with an E. Um, Ireland is spelled with an E. Scotland is spelled without the E. Jap Japan is spelled without the E. So, it's, you know, it's just uh, – gotcha. It's just the, uh, you know, the origins of where they come from. And I think uh, originally whiskey was spelled without the E. But in order for Irish whiskey to kind of differentiate itself from Scotch whiskey – they added the E to it. So that's kind of where that uh, history comes from. Um, but uh, so Pagano Royal is a Canadian whiskey, obviously. Tonight, uh, we have three styles of whiskey. We have uh, single malt scotch whiskey, um, Irish pot still whiskey, and then a American bourbon. Um, so uh, just to let the, the audience know what we're trying tonight. Um, and we, you know, I, these are high ABV drinks. So if you ever feel like you need to to stop let me know <laughs> if you if you had a little too much to consume but uh i've got the tomatin dolce here which is a uh cool single malt from tomatin then we've got the glengoyne 10 year olds right here nice uh, another single malt scotch whiskey then we're gonna go with the irish pot still whiskey which is a 12 year old right here red breast okay the red breast gotcha. um, then we're going to go to a peated scotch whiskey, which we'll get to what that means uh, shortly, uh, with the Lagavulin 16. I don't know if you uh, – are you familiar with the TV show Parks and Recreation? Of course, yeah. Uh, so this was uh, Ron Swanson's drink of choice was the Lagavulin. Oh. Um, and then we'll end with the bourbon, the Four Roses, um, single barrel bourbon. All right, so um, – I don't know if you took my advice. Uh, your your co-hosts uh, did not when I suggested getting a Glen Karen glass, which looks like this, or any tulip shape. All right, so you're already one step ahead of them. I don't Come think they're watching right now, but we'll definitely uh, reach out <laughs> to them afterwards and let them know that uh, you stepped up your game. So I, I appreciate the effort you're putting in. Um, <laughs> and the first one we'll start off with is the Tamatin um, Dolce. So this is bottled at. 43% ABV, and that's relatively low for the Scotch whiskey, um, especially as you 
kind of dig your feet in there a little bit more and start getting more into it. Uh, but this is basically a bare bones scotch. This is, and this is why I wanted to choose it as the first one. It's aged in ex bourbon barrels and virgin oak barrels. So what that means is they distill the, the, the spirit and they fill some of that spirit in barrels that once held bourbon and they mm. fill some of it into barrels that never held any liquid before. And then they kind of blend them together. Um, and this uh, gives you a very gentle, approachable whiskey that hopefully you'll find okay. But there is actually a right way to drinking whiskey. Um, you know, it's not something you just take a shot of and right. up your, your sinuses. So what I usually suggest is uh, you, you pour a little bit on your palate. You kind of, uh, once it's in your mouth, and this, this is, some people get a little confused by this, I always exhale a little bit to let some of those alcohol vapors get out of my mouth. And then you kind of, uh, you know, let it roll around your palate a little bit. And that kind of coats it. The first sip is always the harshest. It's always going to taste a little more sure. alcoholic. It's always going to be a little bit more stringent. Um, and then each subsequent sip will start tasting a little bit sweeter. And you'll start getting some of those cast characteristics, be it vanillas or brown sugars, and some of that gentle, uh, you know, oak influence that you'll get from this one. So for the tomato and dolce, the first thing we'll do is we'll pour that one. And when you're going to nose it, you don't, it's not a wine, so you don't like stick your nose in there and, and, and breathe in deep because then you're, you know, your nose hairs are singed <laughs> from its high ABV. You kind of uh, hold a little bit further away from your, from your nose. I usually breathe in through my nose and my mouth at the same time, and that cuts down on the alcohol smell too. And you can kind of get some of those, uh, those cast characteristics, like I mentioned. What do you smell? What, what you... Smell like a, like a, Again, total novice here. So yeah, no, no, there's like, no wrong answer. There's like no wrong a, answer. almost like a caramel kind of like, or like that, that is a very common characteristic for, yeah. for uh, whiskey. So that's no, that's exactly what you'd be smelling. Um, and so again, like I said, you, you small small sips, uh, kind of let it roll around your palate, get some of those alcohol vapors out of your mouth, and then when you swallow it, you should actually taste the actual whiskey and not so much the alcohol burn. Actually, the more that sits with me, I kind of like it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that, that's the thing about whiskey is the more it sits with you. And once your palate acclimates to that high ABV, that's when you really start to click with it. And then each subsequent dram that we have tonight will just taste that much better. What? So what made you pick these, I guess? Let me, let me turn it around on you. And why, yeah. why did these ones? So the reason I picked these five samples was because uh, I was looking for low ABV whiskey. So even though this is strong for you, these are actually lower between 40 and 43%, except for the bourbon, which is at 50%. But We'll get there last. Um, and then I wanted to illustrate different cask influences. So this one that we're having here has that ex-bourbon virgin oak cask influence. Pretty straightforward. Get some caramel, some uh, some vanilla, some maybe like a couple of like some apples or tropical fruits. Then the Glengoyne 10, which will be the next one we'll have, yes. is uh, influence on in sherry casks. So those are casks that once held sherry wine. Mm. Um, and... Uh, what the sherry wine kind of does is give you some of those dark fruit flavors, some raisins and prunes and some dark chocolate. So uh, it's just kind of a comparing the how casks influence the flavor of whiskey. Um, and they're all, they're all relatively young for the most part. I mean, the Dolce's is probably around six to eight years old. It's uh, there's no age on the bottle, but that's typically how old it is. Then the mm -hmm. Glenn 10 is 10 years old and the red breast is 12. So, um, you know, that's kind of where, uh, kind of what I was going for. And then the red breast, it's an Irish whiskey. Uh, so I, I figured we could talk a little bit about the difference between a single pot still Irish whiskey and a single malt uh, Scotch whiskey. And then Lagavulin, that's where you get that smoky peat, the one that Ron Swanson had. And then yes. bourbon is uh, like a bold, sweet cherries, vanillas, brown sugars. So that's a completely different uh, whiskey profile. So it's kind of to illustrate the the diverse gamut of flavors that whiskey has to offer. And And this is just a you know, uh, a drop in the bucket compared to what other options are out there. All right, so let's jump into the next one then. That'll be the Glengoyne 10 year old. Cool. Uh, so, again, this is another single malt scotch whiskey. And um, you might be wondering what is a single malt? Do you, do you know the difference between a blend and a malt, single malt, and whatnot? I do not. All right, so a blended malt scotch whiskey are whiskeys that are blended together from different distilleries in Scotland. Mm. Um, if a whiskey is made entirely of malted barley and comes from a single distillery um, and a few other parameters that you that are less interesting, then it's called a single malt scotch whiskey. So the Glengoyne 10, as well as the Tamat, and both came from the distilleries that are on the bottle. Gotcha. 
And again, this one is influenced in sherry casks. So uh, let me know if you can tell any difference between it. Ooh, yeah, definitely the taste. Not so much the smell, definitely the yeah. taste. The taste is a little more like smoother to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like a little more pleasant up front to me. All right, yeah. Yeah, this one uh, is, yeah, it does seem a little more tame. That's probably from the sherry influence. Um, I get definitely some more of those, you know, like kind of raisiny, maybe a little dark chocolate mm. into it. Um, so it's a little bit more complex, I would say. Let's give it another sip here. Yeah, on that exhale, like you were saying, um, I just the, the flavor in my mouth instantly was like almost like a chocolate kind of like it was a, like a like a darker kind of that kind of like yeah. dark sweet flavor. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's why I always recommend people, especially new into whiskey, exhale a little bit because when you don't taste that strong alcohol flavor, you can really start tasting those cast characteristics and it does make a big difference. I like this better. Definitely. This is, this is more popular. This is more favorable to me because I'm going than the, uh, but I do have a couple of questions that were sent in. Sure. That, that people want to answer, uh, from a, uh, Mr. RJ Ochoa. <laughs> what a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would like to know what was your favorite part about having your profile mm. picture be, uh, blogging the boys last year what was your favorite part about that yeah i mean my favorite part is that it's probably the highlight of the cowboys season for <laughs> rj and their fans not actually winning anything meaningful but me yeah. changing my avatar um i don't regret it like uh i you know the eagles got off to a decent start last year obviously they beat the falcons and then the 49ers game was kind of close yeah i i at the time, it seemed reasonable to me that they could go down to Dallas, and it would be like a game. It would be competitive, at least, and I was wrong. I was, wrong. I was very yeah. wrong about that. Yeah. Um, but, like, going – the information going in – I had going into the game, um, I thought it was going to be a game, so I don't regret it. And uh, Stats on Fire also has a question for you. He wants to know what it's like getting to host a show with Stats on Fire. Well, I kind of want to bring – I need to – he's not watching this probably. But no, I need to I bring this up. <laughs> but – I want to bring this up to him because he called me out. On, so RJ, I, today's podcast. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I, I did. He called you out on Twitter. I, yeah. I, I like what is this? He's calling me out. Uh, well, on the podcast, the Look Ahead Last NFL Show. If people want to check that out for not just Eagles coverage but league wide coverage, um, he was calling me out for like live tweeting from OTAs. My thing with that is like I get how it can be annoying and it can get taken out of context. But like, here's how I view it, Tim. Like. People, I so if I knew if I wasn't there at practice, I would die to be there at practice. Like that, oh, yeah. I know where I'd rather be, and I know a lot of Eagles fans probably feel the same way. Like if yeah. if they could be there, they'd want to. So yeah. my job, in my eyes, is to make the people feel like they're there. So yeah. and if and if you can't, if you don't have the ability to be like a Jalen Hurts bad throw is is not like the end of the season. Well, then like yeah. that's on you. That's on me. Yeah. No, no, and I, I as as an Eagles fan, I actually do like the play-by-plays. I mean, yes, it it is uh, relatively meaningless in the in the grand scheme of things. Sure. When you are uh, you're in the boring part of the season and you're just right. You're what else is going on? There's exactly. You just want information, and I, I when I know uh, you know Be uh, Bleeding Green Nation uh, is covering a uh, an OTA or whatever, I always look up. You look it up at the end of the day and see what the updates were. How did Jalen Hurts do? How did the other players do? Did anybody stand out? Uh, I find that stuff interesting, you know, and, you know, it's just a small piece of the puzzle, but it's still something that, you know, makes the offseason a little more interesting. So uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll, his stats uh, take on that, I, I will disagree with 100%. Well, and why, like, what the heck? Like, we, you know, we usually do our Tuesday show, uh, the oddcast on the SB Nation NFL show. We haven't been doing it, so we kind of scaled back across the board, and that's honestly fine. Yeah, um, we haven't taken a break since we started that show at like fall 2020. So it's nice yeah. to actually get like a little bit of a break. I missed one episode out of the whole year last year. So every <laughs> single week. Uh, so it's nice to finally get a little bit of a break with that. Um, and I'll still be on the look ahead at points. So but yeah, but it's just funny. It's like, you know, you think you, this guy has your back and then he stabs you in yeah. the back. You can't trust a guy who's not going to get the Glenn Karen class. You just can't do that. That's the big question. Are you, you know, if you had to say one way or the other, is he the long-term answer or no? I would say it's more likely that he isn't. Yeah. Uh, I've not ruled out hope for him. I think my opinion on Jalen Hurts kind of gets mischaracterized in that, like, because I don't think he is the answer and I'm not, like, all aboard that I'm a hater. I'm really not. Like, yeah. I like him. I think he's a yeah. likable dude. He has all the intangibles. I like his mobility because that's great in a pinch. You need you need him to pick up 
four yards on third or on fourth and three or third and three, he can get it for you. Um, but like, doesn't really use the middle of the field. He has the slowest release in the NFL in each of yeah. the past two seasons. Like he has to process faster and maybe he will this year as he gets, you know, older and more advanced. Again, I'm not like ruling out the hope for him, Yeah. but like he has to make significant strides. And I just think like, even if he does, you're still like behind the eight ball in terms of like when you compare to Justin Herbert and Mahomes yeah. and Josh Allen, like th- th- those guys are just freak talents. And I don't yeah. think Jalen Hurts has that. And so I think Jalen Hurts can be like a top 12-ish, 15-ish starter. But like that's not where you want to be. Like that's no. in theory, like that sounds nice because, okay, he's not bad. But like you need to be aiming higher because you're paying top of the market money for like a middling guy. Like I just mm-hmm. don't think the Eagles are going to do that. And I don't, I don't want to do that. No, no, and it's a lot easier to once you have that great guy in place to win than have an okay guy in place and just have the right piece. All of the other variables add up, which is much harder because you have more variables. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just from an outsider's point of view, uh, you know, he is one—he's one of my favorite people on the team. But uh, you know, from year one to year two, I didn't—you know—when he was relied on to pass, I didn't see a huge uh, upgrade from his first year to his second year and throwing the football, and that's obviously an issue with a quarterback and is that something that can really be improved from that next year this year so there will be improvements but you like you said is it going to be propel him up to like a top six or seven quarterback in the nfl i don't know that's a stretch yeah i mean the offense got better last year when they took the ball out of his hands that's like the reality of it yeah like i mean that's like (laughs) at a very basic level that's what happened they were passing the ball a ton early in the season didn't work out now of course like didn't have the best receivers in terms of you know, Devontae Smith and not much else. I like Quez Watkins, but, you know, Rager is a, a negative out there. Yeah. So now you have A.J. Brown, you have Devontae Smith year two, Dallas Goddard. Um, you throw Zach Pascal, whatever, Quez Watkins year three in the mix. Like yeah. there's enough for Hertz to work with now where he should take a significant step forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, But like you said, if he can't see the field and process quickly enough, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. If right. If A.J. Brown gets open, but he throws the ball a second too late, then it doesn't make a difference. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he can make that jump. But, you know, we, they got Carson Strong in the wings. You waited in the wings. <laughs> now, yeah, if his bi- uh, bionic knee can hold up, you know, maybe. Uh, I saw that link that you posted. So. <laughs> yeah. That's somebody said he could have uh, franchise potential, so we'll see. Well, it's, it's funny. Like, the guy who said that isn't just, like, uh, you know, someone throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks. Like, that's Matt Waldman. And I don't yeah. know if you're familiar, but Matt Waldman's, like, a big tape grinder guy. It yeah. doesn't mean he's right about everything, but he watches, like, maybe more film, or at least one of those guys who watches, like, more film than almost anyone else. So so that he said that is, like, a little interesting. And, again, his his belief is based on like the health of Carson Strong's knee being good. And he doesn't know anything about that. So that could be a moot point, but just based on if he is healthy, just based on the film that he saw, you know, he was intrigued. So, you know, uh, you know, probably won't be anything, but it's nice to have like that scratch off uh, in your back pocket. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the, the part of the, what makes football fun is that the, you know, the hope of that unknown prospect that will excel and uh, you know, the, the crazy knee issue that he has is unprecedented. I mean, uh, yeah. He had that weird, I don't know if it was like a genetic disorder or something with his knee that got repaired. And there's really been no long-term studies done on how that could hold up under football, you know. So, you know, you never know what will happen. So it was definitely worth the gamble by the Eagles. For sure. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, so let's jump into dram number three. So you're finished with your Glen Goyne. You're ready for the Redbreast 12. Let's go for it. All right, so Redbreast 12. This is an Irish uh, single pot still whiskey. Um, and so a single pot still whiskey is a similar to a single malt, but they use both malted and unmalted barley in the distillation process. And that, uh, that you know, let me let me know if you can smell or taste any differences between this one. Ooh, and the yeah, already instantly yeah. just a different smell. Like you said, like that kind of that barley, like, like uh, yeah, like uh, a wheat or a, some yeah, some kind of like that yeah. kind of. Yeah, a little more grassy, a little fresher smell. Yeah. Um, this one's also aged in uh, a combination of bourbon, ex-bourbon, and ex-sherry cast. So you get uh, two of those uh, flavor profiles mixed together. And this is bottled at 40%. So it's the, light, it's a, this, the uh, lowest ABV of the night. Okay. I don't know how valuable of a comparison this is. <laughs> but the thing that strikes me is like, it reminds me of like an IPA. Like it's like, okay. it's like the, that, the intensity of that, like, like hoppiness, like that kind of, that kind of, or like whatever you said, like a barley, like, that, like whatever that intent, like that kind of mm-hmm. realm. Um, yeah, I don't like that one as much in the middle. Like, like the middle it didn't sit, I don't, I don't like that, uh, mm-hmm. that flavor as much. So you, do, you don't like the, the Irish pot still profile as much as liquid going going? Yes, yeah, yeah right. I think that's yeah. the difference. Uh, OMG, Becky with the good hair. <laughs> she wants to know, uh, uh, who do you hate more, Tom Brady or the Cowboys? Wow. Um, I mean, it's the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> for as much as I hate Tom Brady, I'll always talk about how I saw him in person practice against the Eagles in 2013 in a joint training camp practice. Yeah. And, you know, going into that practice, like, that week, I didn't like think twice about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's Tom Brady. It's good. Like I didn't really, but then I saw him be really good in practice. Yeah. And it's just like, it was on another level that I could never have anticipated how precise he was every single pass Mm -hmm. in practice. He was just like dominating out there. He would have, you know, like these no name receivers going against Eagles starting quarterbacks. And not that the Eagles quarterbacks were like great at that time. You're talking about Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher, but still like, the receivers that he was working with were like nobodies. They weren't yeah. even like players making the Patriots roster and it didn't matter. Like he was just so precise. It was crazy. I, I, I'm not a Tom Brady fan by any means, but I can at least acknowledge like he is like, I've never seen that before. It's like, a, it's like aliens, a different, different realm. So like, I hate him. Obviously he sucks in terms <laughs> of like likability and a lot of yeah. stuff, but, uh, but he is talented. I, I can at least give yeah. him that. Whereas the Cowboys are just total frauds who, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, choke every year. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, Tom Brady has kind of been restoring his image a little bit since he's moved away from the Patriots. He's been a lot more uh, open on social media and kind of, you know, uh, the humorous side of Tom Brady. I'm, I'm actually a Tom Brady fan, one of the few out there oh. who, are not, who are non-Patriots Bucks fans. But uh, but just because I appreciate greatness, you know, like we, we all love like Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, all these great athletes. So I always take the stance of, well, we have Tom Brady in real time. We can appreciate his greatness. And 
all of his preparation and every little thing that he puts into his game. And for me, that's very admirable. That's why that's why I like Tom Brady. Just you know, he is football. Like he, every little detail is so perfect and thought out for him. And that's just such a cool thing for me. I like the thing I like the most about Tom Brady is obviously the Eagles beating him in Super Bowl Fifty Two with Brandon yes. Graham of all people, a fellow Michigan uh, alumnus, strip sacking him. So. Yeah, uh, that is that is usually my best moment in football ever. Like it's it's funny. Like it wasn't even the end of the game, you know. Officially, like obviously the hail mary, but like that was not that was not it for me. Like that the moment Tom Brady is strip sacked by Brandon Graham, like that was the Eagles won the Super Bowl in that moment, yeah. and I'll I'll never forget that. Were you at the stadium covering it? I was at US Bank Stadium watching in person from the stands looking down at the end zone so the far end zone was the one like where the philly special took place so yeah. uh the zacherts touchdown at the end of the game was the one i think the Alshon jeffrey touchdown too those happened like in my end zone the one that was closer to me yeah that, that's awesome that's incredible that you get to experience the the energy and everything uh in real in, in person that's that's so cool the picture, I believe, by the way, is on my Instagram here. So if you look at my profile, uh, there's a picture of my view, basically, from where I was. So yeah, you can oh. scroll back. All right, you ready to jump into the, the fourth whiskey? Yes. All right. Uh, so this one is going to be completely different from everything we've had tonight. Uh, and this one is, like I said, Ron Swanson's whiskey of choice. <laughs> um, so yeah, when you know it, you'll immediately be able to tell why this is different. Looking forward to this one. Um also so, intimidated. Ron Swanson, very intimidating. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> are you familiar with what peated whiskey is? No. But, so, yeah, I can I can tell the smell is definitely different. Yeah. So, so it's smoky. It's earthy. You mm, know. Um, yes. And uh, so what peat, peat moss is uh, what, what makes the smell and the, the taste. And basically, uh, when uh, you're making whiskey, you dry the barley mm. out. And you can either dry it with, you know, air, with heat, with whatever – when barley is dried by peat moss, which is basically decomposed earth that they dig up and throw into the uh, furnace, uh, it creates this uh, aroma of the and the taste of this smoky, the um, earthiness. It could be some people have some iodine in there, some uh, medicinal characteristics. So uh, for Lagavulin, you can definitely get some of that like bonfire smokiness to it. Yeah, I like that. It's it's really nice actually. It's very appealing. Yeah, some people love it, some people hate it, but. I'm, I'm a big fan of Pete. So what do you, what do you Ooh, think? Ooh, I like that a lot. All right. That's so you, good. All right. This this one does does convert a lot of people into whiskey drinking, uh, the Lagavulin 16. Uh, unfortunately, this bottle in particular is getting more and more expensive as the days go on. <laughs> I can see um, why. Yeah. So when I first got into whiskey, I could get this for around 65-ish to $70. Now it's you know hovering around 90 to $100. So it becomes a, a little more challenging to get these days. That's a but, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is your favorite of the night. Yeah, this know. is the favorite, at least so oh. far. Yeah. No, no, no. That's great. I mean, this is my favorite of tonight's lineup, too. Uh, <laughs> it just, uh, it's just, it's the oldest one we have, 16 years old. So it's a little bit more uh, depth to it in that sense. Um, again, you're using, this is mostly uh, ex-bourbon cask. So it's that standard, traditional, non, no frills cask type. And then that just that peat smoke integrates with it so well. Uh, I, I do have another uh, question that was uh, sent in earlier. Uh, would you, uh, and this is by HQB. Uh, yes. I'm assuming you know, know who this is. Uh, yeah, it's I, I don't understand the context of the question, but would you ever <laughs> consider swimming in a pool without goggles? <laughs> I would not swim in the pool without goggles, especially ones with like the nose piece, because here's the deal. <laughs> I'm not really good at having like water up my nose. I just can't do it. You know, it's one of those things. I just, I'm not good at it. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to it. It's just, I, I get like really anxious. You don't want to be anxious in a pool, you know? No. Like, so no. yeah, it's not the place for that. So uh, yeah, it's just like a, it's a comfort thing. Do I look ridiculous? Absolutely. But <laughs> but look, you know, I'm going to be underwater anyway. I'm not going to like be hanging out up top with that on all the time. If I'm hanging out up top, I would just take it off. But if I'm swimming underwater and everything, I got to have not just the eyes, but I need the nose piece as well. I don't need the snorkel. I'm not that ridiculous, but I got to have the nose thing. Yeah, no, no. I think those are all, like, all very fair points. You know? <laughs> if you're, you're prone to having water shot off your nose or if you want to open your eyes up underwater, why not? Oh, yeah, I can't do that. No. So I do have a, a couple of, uh, you know, let's see how well you know the Eagles. Just a couple of questions. Uh -oh. um, 
and these are not something that you would know beforehand other than just making kind of random guesses because I, I use a little data here. Um, so I looked at uh, pro football references, approximate value, AB. I just use that as like a, a hold all number that can kind of uh, indicate whether something is, uh, uh, you know, whether a player is, you know, good or above average or below average. Um, and so what I did is I, I took the approximate value of all the Eagles draft picks since 2016. So when Howie how, took, took over from Chip Kelly. Nice. And uh, I weighted it based on relative to the, the, the uh, position in the draft they were drafted. So the first, second, third, fourth round uh, through seventh round. And relative to the position that they play. So, oh, man. You know, what was the, <laughs> what's, what's the average, of, for example, what's the average approximate value for a quarterback? what's this quarterback's approximate value and what's that relativity? And then what round were they drafted in versus what the average approximate value is for that round? So it gets a little complicated, a little, a little, uh, you know, uh, abstract here, but my question is to you, can, can you guess which player on the Eagles since the drafted by the Eagles since 2016, the best player relative to the position they play? You really are an actuary. Uh. I, yeah. Yeah. You can tell my, this is, this is my data side coming out. Um, so I'm looking for the best player relative to the position they play. Yeah. This is on the Eagles. All on the Eagles. Yeah, we're okay. just looking at the Eagles questions here. So, uh, of Howie Roseman's, uh, let me see yeah. how many players you've drafted. Looks Probably like, like 45 players. In the okay. Last. Okay. So I have a shot. Right. Um, man, that's tough. I, my, my mind, like if I'm just going gut answer, my mind wants to go to Carson Wentz. But I feel like that would be too obvious. But my guess will be Carson Wentz to start. No, Carson Wentz. Okay. Uh, he would have been. Uh, let's see what his number is here. He is ranked ninth relative. Mm. Oh wow. Okay, relative to position. Hmm. So maybe it's an offensive lineman. But I'm starting to think who would that be since 2016. Well, just think, think about some of the best players. That you, like who, in the last players. like several years, who are some of the best players that the Eagles have drafted? Would it be a Dallas Goddard? That is correct. Oh. He is the best player. And a gra take it with a grain of salt, a grain of salt, because, uh, you know, obviously this is just using approximate value from pro football reference. It's no, not definitive. So, you know, these are, these are just for fun more than anything. Um, all right. And this one's going to be a little tricky because I know who you're going to answer for this one. Okay. It's actually not the person that's going to immediately come to mind. Who is the best player the Eagles drafted relative to the round they were drafted in? And it's probably not the first person who's going to come to mind. So you're going to say it's not Jordan Mailata. That is correct. He's yeah. number two. He's number uh -huh. two. Okay. So best relative, to, and this is since 2016 still? Since 2016. Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Well, so I have another obvious answer, and I, which is going to probably be my guess. So I'm going to file that away for a second and try to stall and think if I can think of anything else. I don't think I can. Is it Josh Sweat? Uh, it is not, but I think he hmm. is not on this list. Uh, it should be, because round four and defensive yeah. end, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's a, definitely above average for it, but uh, it's another player that he's no longer on the team, so he ooh. might have But think of a player who got drafted much later than people had thought he might have gotten drafted. Oh, Jalen Mills. That's correct, Jalen Mills. He's, he's the answer. And it, it, between him and uh, Jordan Mailata, it's between like a point zero five or something, so really they can be inter, uh, interchangeable on that top of that list. Um, all right, so my last, my last question is, one player is uh, both the, the worst at relative to position and relative to the round they were picked in. Which one player is that? And it's not Jalen Rager. <laughs> well, that's who I was going to guess. Um, since 2016, the worst. Um, It'll be and, obvious once you, you know once you think about who are some of the real studs. And relative, is it J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? It is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Okay. He is uh, by far the worst relative to position and round. Although now that he's tight end, maybe <laughs> that uh, changes the algorithm a little bit. <laughs> I don't think so. I saw so you know I saw him at OTAs the other day, and uh, he does look a little bulked up, especially like in his legs and stuff. But you know he's still significantly smaller than the yeah. actual tight end. So I'll believe it when I see it. I said that a lot tonight, but that's yeah. how I roll. The final sample of tonight which is the uh the bourbon four roses so obviously this is again completely different from everything that we've had tonight i'm intrigued um, by this one because you mentioned like fruit like fruity kind of yeah so this one's super bold it's uh okay. much, so bourbons are much sweeter than scotches um Ooh. you'll get some uh like brown sugars vanillas uh caramels 
That's um, up my alley. I'm biased towards that kind of thing. Yeah, you maybe get a little fennel, a little uh, cherry. Um, okay. And it's the highest ABV that we're having tonight. This is 50% ABV. So it's going to be a little bit spicier on the palate. Okay. Um, and you'll be able to tell right from the nose. It's very different from what we've had. Ooh, wait. If you get any smoke in there, it's probably just the lingering peat from the locking mm. But, uh, you know, th this should be able to wash most of that out. I almost feel like the smell is not as strong to me. Like, like I can go in closer and I'm not getting burned. Yeah. Uh, bourbon, of course, is made in the United States. Um, it has to be made with 51% uh, corn. Uh, so the corn is much sweeter than barley. And then there could be some malted barley and rye in part, as part of the mash bill. And then it, they're all have to be aged in virgin oak cast. So uh, where a scotch whiskey can be filled three, four, five times, bourbons have to use fresh wood in order to age it. So uh, that's where you get a lot of that richness. It's much more oaky. Um, and then the corn just makes it much sweeter. It's a little more one-dimensional than a scotch whiskey, but it's sweet and rich, and it's a very nice dessert dram, which is why we're having it last. Yes, I like this probably second most. Um, <laughs> it's really, a, for me, it's a journey of flavors and, yeah. like, feels. Like, I can't, it, like, the, the beginning, what hits me at the beginning evolves into this secondary phase, and then mm -hmm. it finishes, like, it, it's... It's, I'm like, I don't almost know what I'm experiencing. I'm like, I mean, there's like different levels of this that it's hitting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the nice thing about a bourbon is that, uh, especially, you know, if you're going to ever do a lineup of multiple styles of whiskey, always save the bourbon for the end because it is much bolder and richer. You, you don't have to search as hard for the different flavors that you're getting. Yeah, but this, yeah, this finish nice is really strong for me. Like you said, the higher ABV, I can definitely like, I'm definitely yeah. getting that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And that might actually be part of the reason why you're liking it more. Uh, as you experience more whiskeys, you'll notice that higher ABV whiskeys uh, tend to offer more complexity, some more experiences and flavors that these light ones that we had at the beginning don't really offer, which is, you know, as a beginner, I wanted to offer you some light things that didn't burn your palate. But uh, now that I can see what kind of styles you're liking in the future, I can set up a lineup that you might actually like the flavor profiles a little bit better. For sure. What is all right? So, if you're at a restaurant, what is the best appetizer to order? What kind of restaurant? Like any any restaurant? I know obviously it depends. You're any yeah 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 okay any appetizer but, yeah. You know, I think it's hard to go wrong with like a really good chips and salsa and guac too. Oh yeah yeah absolutely. What is the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so like I'm no Andrew Zimmer, what's Zimmerman? Zimmer, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the bizarre foods guy. Um, like I couldn't watch that show. I love food shows, but I could not watch that show because sometimes that was like a bit too much for me. And I like yeah. to eat when I'm watching a food show, and I'm like, this, this is, this isn't working. I can't like snack on yeah cheeses right now as I'm watching him eat like some kind of weird fish that is actually like poisonous, and so it's cooked in a certain way. Like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> um. So one of the weirder things I've had, it's probably pretty tame, it was like an alligator sausage when I was down in New Orleans. But that's right. like, that's pretty, it's different for me. I'm sure that's not a crazy answer, but that's, that's something that pops to mind. What is, uh, what is the best movie? What's your favorite film? Shawshank Redemption. It's a kind of a basic answer. It used to be like the number one. I don't think it still is on IMDb. I think it is. No, I think is it is. Still on IMDb? Yeah. It's, it's so good. Every time I see it, I want to watch it like, you know. I'm not a big repeat movie guy. I, I, I'm usually one and done. I just don't need to revisit because there's so many new things, especially yeah. now. Like, I don't have time to rewatch a movie, but Shawshank, if it's on, I'll make the exception and I'll rewatch it. It's just, it's really inspirational, uplifting. Acting yeah. is great. So many great actors. It's, 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 it's a winner all the way around. And similar to movies, what's the best show? <sighs> I mean, here's a really basic answer. I would say The Office. Um, you know, it's because it's just so timeless, but that's kind of, it's so basic that I feel bad for saying it and I feel like I have to come up with something else. Um, uh, I'm not going to go all time, but recently I have to say like Stranger Things season four. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's excellent. And like, so that came out the same day or like within a day, whatever, as Kenobi, you know, on Disney plus and. I started watching Stranger Things, and then I checked out Kenobi because there's a lot of hype about it. And I like Star Wars. I'm not like necessarily yeah. the biggest Star Wars guy, but I like it. I'll check out all the stuff. And I was like, Kenobi, I know it's a different thing, but Kenobi can't hand a candle to, or hold a candle to uh, 
Stranger Things. Season four was excellent. I mean, it's not over, but the part that they've released so far is just, it's top notch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, V Fish here, who is my wife, is uh, is agreeing with you that The Office is great. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, we were actually just watching The Office before I got on here. We were watching the, uh, the, the search where they're looking for Michael Scott's replacement, which is a, a fun couple of episodes. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I agree. The season four of Stranger Things, I think, might be the best uh, season so far, too, because just the intrigue of uh, the investing, I don't want to spoil anything, but just like the kind of the investigation, how everything kind of like, it's like perfectly paced and everything. So I agree. Although I will say, uh, in my opinion, it is not the best show on TV right now. Wow. For me, it is Better Call Saul season six is lights out. Good. Okay. Are, are you a fan of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul? Uh, yeah, I watched Breaking Bad. I watched like the beginning of Better Call Saul, but then I kind of just, you know, fell off of it. That's yeah, I, I have to go back because I've heard really good things. Yeah, because uh, people, I think, when they went into Better Call Saul, they expected Breaking Bad, the fast-paced adrenaline type of stuff. But the beauty of it is the slow burn and the slow evolution of uh, Jimmy McGill, who is Saul Goodman, and how he turns into Saul Goodman through a bunch of insane, like, realistic but very interesting events. It's definitely a show that you have to, like, really pay attention to the dialogue and the nuances of the storyline. It's so well done, and Season six is uh, sort of like Stranger Things season four uh, is really taken up to the next level. It's exceptional. Um, so, you know, as the good, bad, and the ugly is on my short list, Better Call Saul should be on your short list. But like you said, yes. there's so many shows out there to watch, it's hard to keep track of all of them. Somehow RJ is like watching every show and then like asking me and like he's, he's doing like every pop culture thing. I'm like, where are you getting this time? Like, I, I, you know, I wonder the same thing because he does talk about all these movies and films that he's watching. It's like, man, he's. He is a man who lives like four, has forty eight hours in a day. He's got he can do it all. It's pretty he, impressive. He's like a content machine in terms of both consuming and and uh, producing. So, last question is: If uh, now that you're a whiskey enthusiast, um, <laughs> if you were going to share a, 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 a dram of whiskey or a nice meal, say with four famous people Ooh. that are alive, alive, are you picking? Um, that's a good one. So I probably wouldn't pick like any Eagles players, um, which is kind of, I don't know. It's just like, you know, I get to, it's, it's weird. You know, I get to interact with them. So not yeah. to, like, like I'm above that. It's just, I don't know. It's just not like the most interesting thing to me. Um, I'd say Malcolm Jenkins, actually a former, former Eagles player. Yeah. Yeah. Love Malcolm. think he's great. think it would be awesome to talk to him, especially just off the record, you know, because, you know, uh, having been in the media and, like, you know, just that natural barrier just to, as a friend is weird drinking whiskey and maybe oh, yeah. talk, talking about, you know, chopping and chop and uh, talking about like some stuff that went on behind the scenes yeah. in recent years. I think that would be good. Um, maybe, hmm, uh, I was going to say Howie, but actually, no, not going to say it. Um, he wouldn't agree to come anyway. I'm too critical <laughs> <No>. of him. <laughs> uh, I want to say like a musician of some sort, definitely. Cause I, I, I really like music. Um, I can't play or anything. But I like to like I like knowing like the stories of stuff and like just like background information that really and like and how certain songs are created, both in terms of production. What's your genre of music? Like, what do you prefer? It's a good question. Like, I would say like alternative. It kind of it's it's broad. Like, there's some post hardcore in there. There's some like pop punk in there. Like, you know, like rock adjacent, alternative rock. Like, it's all that kind of. Do you have like band. a favorite band? Like your 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 O two? Like, I would say Blink One Eighty Two, but like that's kind of like. You know, that's also, like, my favorite band in high school when things have kind of, you know, shifted as your yeah, interest yeah, yeah. throughout life. Like, Coheed and Cambria is a big one. That's, like, on my Twitter background. I got to meet those guys. That was really cool. Um, Circuit Survive is up there. Um, so, yeah, like, I probably um, not one of those guys. I met them before. <laughs> but but uh, let's just say, let's say, um, man, it's tough. I'm not really good at this. Uh, let's say a musician. We'll hold that as a placeholder. Right. Then we'll do... Um, probably like, hmm, it could be interesting to talk to like a politician of some sort. Like that's a, that's a basic answer, but why not? We'll talk to yeah. Joe Biden. We'll throw him in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's the president. Why not? Like I could, you could ask the president so many things. Yeah. And um, it could be, it could be a dead president too. You know, you want to throw in Abraham Lincoln, you know, somebody of historical stature, you know, that, that can also be an option for your political. Also an option. <laughs> um, and then we'll go with, um, uh, wait, wait, are they, they have to be alive or no? They can be dead or alive. So okay, dead or that, alive. You want to go Ben wow. Franklin with your Philadelphia background? I mean, man, that would be good. Um, I'd say my grandfather. 
because um, he passed away when I was like 13. And I always yeah. wondered what it'd be like to like know him as an adult. So yeah. I'd, I'd put yeah. him in there, uh, a sentimental answer, but definitely him in there. So I think that's four. I didn't really say which musician yet. I will, I will maybe get back to you. I can't, I feel like I have to pick the right one and I can't think of which one I, I want at the moment. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll say Tom DeLong. He's from Blink-182. Okay. I've never yeah. met him. I met Mark Hoppus, the bass player. He's an Eagles fan. He's yeah. a Rams fan too, but we won't talk about that. He's from <laughs> LA. What can, you know, what can you do? Yeah. But he likes the Eagles. So, so there's my answer for you. Yeah, he's, is he the one who's no longer part of the band? Um, yes yeah he kind of does his own thing he's an angels and airwaves and he was the one who basically got the navy to confirm like his ufo video that like that indeed was something that was like the term isn't ufo it's something new but like he basically got the navy to confirm like yes this is an unidentified aircraft of some sort which is pretty cool yeah no it's really cool but Brandon, I want to thank you again for taking the time to join me. If you enjoyed this, if you ever want to do it again, you know, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I plan on doing this again with RJ at some point over the summer. So uh, if you, if maybe we'll get both of you guys in, yes, you know, the three of us. So maybe we'll get stats on too. We'll see. You know, if you guys can reconcile your differences, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can let me know if uh, if that happens. But uh, again, thank you for joining me. Um, and if, if anybody who's still watching wants to find you, where 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 are you? Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com. At here on Instagram is like at bleedinggreeninsta. I'm on Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Obviously, you see my thing here on Twitter yeah. as well at Brandon Gowton at BGN underscore radio for the podcast Twitter account. Um, Bleeding Green Nation podcast is you know where you find the podcast where. I'm on there weekly, twice a week, usually with the BGN Radio episode and then the NFC East mixtape I do with RJ also yeah. regularly during the NFL season and most of the off season on the SB Nation NFL show. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, it's awesome. It. Yeah, and I'll, I'll edit on our conversation here and post it on uh, podcast format and YouTube format in case anybody wants to re-listen to a shortened version of this. So, uh, you know, and but this was fun. Uh, thanks again. And we'll definitely do this again uh, sometime in the near future. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Take care. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.